What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised a Geek. This week, we each reveal our five favorite movies of 2023, as well as touch on some of our other favorites across the geek medium. Let's get into it. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Everything is good. Can't complain too much. Uh, I'm well. Even though it's snow in there, you can complain yeah, a little bit. Little little January snow are for you know what I can't though because it's been a mild winter so, so far. far. I know we're, we're like the weather guys. We talk about each other's weather to start things off. How's the weather? Um, <laughs> it's snowing. how old it's, are we? It's snowing here in the Midwest. Um, but yeah, it's okay. You come to expect it in January. But besides that, I'm okay. Everything's good. Little little uh, little weekend relaxation going on. How are you? I'm. Doing all right. Um, being a little bit of the uh, Tim the Two Man Taylor this uh, Saturday, installing a new garage door opener. So as of right now, my garage door opens and closes, which it hasn't done in a couple months. So I feel Baby. kind of proud about that. I got that to work. Hopefully it stays working. I fixed the old one a couple times, but it only lasted like a day. And I was like, ugh. You feel so, accomplished? You feel I do feel, I feel really accomplished and like, all right, sweet, sweet. You, I'm, I'm, I'm good, so knocking out a task knocking out a household yeah. task feels feels good to your adult man art. right yeah you just feel accomplished feel good feel like mm -hmm. i could do anything so i'm all pumped up um outside of that it's just been i've literally just been watching more movies than i think i've watched all year trying to like get in all the good stuff um before the end of the year so we could talk about some stuff and we can you know have a an actual discussion and have some contenders for things in our well, list instead of just random you know guardians of the galaxy three that's that's the that's the um thing we kind of have touched on with each other like off air being like why why does this seem like it happens every year where all these um the better crop of movies all comes out so late and it's it's because like award seasons right around the corner and studios want like their stuff to be at the top of your mind i think is the thinking there mm -hmm. but it sucks for like us in situations like this where it's like well i want to see some of these things before before the awards start giving out and all the buzz is going around now at the end of the year it's like but now there's too much now there's like i can't watch 15 movies and feel not like a complete piece of trash that i've just watched 15 movies in in a couple of weeks uh yeah what, but it's just it's a thing that happens every year yeah of course of course and we'll keep working on that what since we're talking about that what what slipped by what weren't you able to get in that you really wanted to or would like to do you have anything off the top of your head i think a lot of them if i'm naming movies off of that list would be things that are still in theaters a mm -hmm. lot because a lot of them you know they're talking about for award season but you have to go to the movies to see them i don't have time to go to the movies a bunch of times right so like you know iron claw uh four mm -hmm. things um i mean I, i'm sure there's a couple others that i'm not thinking of right now but there's like some stuff in theaters that you can't watch at home yet yeah and it's like, well, I kind of got to either wait or go. And I'm more likely to wait than go. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I don't get out. I don't get in a lot of movies like that that are kind of smaller studio, not as big release. Like you can't find those at every theater. And if you can, they have very limited showing. So it, it yeah. gets a little challenging. So, yeah, things I think the things that are still in theaters is a little challenging. 
right now. I agree. Those were two that I kept looking at showtimes to try to see if I could make anything work, and I couldn't. The other one that I was not able to get in that I had plenty of time to do it and plenty of opportunity, and I just never did, was I still haven't seen John Wick 4, mm-hmm. um, which I know you haven't seen any John Wick movies, but that was a big movie It came out. I was all ready for the show, and I it got hit with my problem where I see a three-hour length and i'm like why is john wick for three hours long i can't do it and i still haven't done it i started it on new year's eve but then you know midnight happened and hmm. so i got like 30 minutes in like i started literally like 11 30 at night i don't know what i was doing i was like let me watch john wick four yeah um did not get it in so that's a good one got in a lot I of think, good stuff i think all those john wick movies are on netflix now when i was on the other day because they're all in like the top 10 movies yeah. of their algorithm or whatever and i was looking at that the uh progression of lengths like the first one's like two hours and the second one goes up to 215 or 220 and the next one's a little bit longer so like the natural progression of those movies is like 20 minutes long. longer each time yeah <laughs> right so uh yeah i'll maybe i'll get in a, a john wick one of these one day yeah <laughs> you're worth a watch and I, I can't necessarily say if part four is worth it but i've that was something I did want to see that I didn't get a chance to. It happens. Uh, before we talk about some movies, let's kind of go through some of the other topics. They're not as, we didn't put as much uh, deliberation, I guess, into them. Um, so we wanted to talk about some of our other favorite things of 2023 before we jump into our movies, which we haven't told each other anything. Our script literally just says favorite favorite TV, favorite games, favorite comics, favorite movies. And we don't know what the other one's going to say, so... Ad lib. We might be we might be completely different, or there our lists could be identical. We don't yeah. know. And knowing us, that's probably there's, not. There's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, so I know TV. They always say we live in the golden age of TV, and you know, cable TV shows and streaming shows, and everything is just kind of booming right now. Was there any TV shows that stood out to you this year as being like, yes, this was just like. A moment that I was glad I was a part of. Um, yeah, and the funny part is, like, we we kind of talked about it too. Like, we've had less of an emphasis on TV this year, it seems mm-hmm. like, than in years past. So, my little list I have of things that I really liked, we've kind of already talked about on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I do have a little. I think the, I don't know. I guess I'll start with what I think was the best TV show of the year was Succession, still, to me, and that was um earlier in the year so i had to think back and it's kind of tied with the last of us i think those were the best two shows of the year i mean we we kind of said that at the beginning of the year when we reviewed the last of us like is any show gonna beat this and really nobody did except succession touched it yeah for my entertainment purposes um and then besides that i i mean three other shows we already talked about on here was twisted metal gen v and invincible i forgot about twisted metal yeah i liked those three a lot um, that is getting a season two i know yeah we're, so that, we're, that was that was cool i mean the only other show besides those that we we never had a conversation about was the fall of the house of usher um really enjoyed that show and a, a show from um what's his name mike flanagan yeah um another another in his portfolio of horror shows i think he's one of the better uh horror minds in in hollywood right now Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that show was no exception so yeah kind of a light year for tv but i think those are my standouts you got anything different from that nope (laughs) 
um i know i i really think succession was the best show on tv it gave the most like it the last of us if i didn't play the game and know the story backwards and forwards last of us could have been like a lot of moments could have been mm-hmm. like stuck with me moments um succession because i didn't know where the story was going succession had those moments that just stick in your head and when you look back and think about it like i had so much more like emotional moments just thinking about succession than the last of us because i've already kind of exhausted the emotion out of the last of us so mm. i think it's just kind of one of those things but i know in this i guess probably dive into spoilers for just a second but like that that third episode connor's wedding mm. when all just off camera out of the blue they just killed logan like I still remember that episode. I still remember watching that episode. I still remember feeling that episode. Like that was heavy, just like amazing television. And I, I've never, I didn't feel anything else like that episode all year. Yeah, there, there hasn't been an episode of TV like that in a long time. That's no. an, that's an important episode of TV in the history of TV. Yeah, <laughs> like it just, it just is. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And the things that that show was able to do is just, it makes it one of the best shows of the year and um because of that it was just like every other show those both those shows kind of came out back to back at the beginning of the year january february and after that it was just like i don't care about anything else everything else is any- garbage to me which i know isn't true but like i don't think anything else is going to touch this and it really didn't so uh not not at all not at all so that's yeah. our tv conversation there we go <laughs> um what about some video games anything stand out that we don't really do too much gaming talk on here, but anything kind of stand out for you that was just like, yes. Um, the two that came to my head, like the, the right off the bat, just thinking of video games were my two favorite games of the year to play, which number one, we had an episode on. It was just Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, to me, that's game of the year. Granted, there's games that I haven't played that, did win like Baldur's Gate and things like that. But to me, games I personally played, Spider-Man 2 had it all. Um, it had the action I wanted, the story I wanted. Love Spider-Man. Like, as you see back here behind me, the Spider-Man thing. He's like my favorite comic character. He's, he's in an awesome game series. Uh, so that's my game of the year. And like close behind, I, I'd say probably I had a lot of fun with Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just love Resident Evil games. You and I have talked about it. Um, it's one of our favorite series, I think, collectively, and arguably Resident Evil 4 is the best one of all of right. them. Right. So just so just like a new updated version of that with like faster loading and crisper graphics and replaying that again is just, you know, that's my idea of fun for a video game. So mm-hmm. uh, plus the the bonus content that came out with Ada, like a little a few months later, just added to it like an extra chapter. So that was my two. That was my two that that really hit off the top of my head. I had those. I had those two, and the only other one I was putting in there was Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy sixteen. We did get a new Final Fantasy this year. We've talked on here as well as with each other. We're big Final Fantasy people. We were there day one after we played that demo. It was like hell yeah. And looking back at it, I feel like it got really kind of lost in the noise of a lot of things, and it didn't really stand out. But and it was a different kind of Final Fantasy game. But there were moments in that game where I was like, holy shit. And some of those boss battles are like, were like things I've never seen before outside of like a God of War game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they were just 
insanity and um you know chaining the magic together and doing everything i mean i really want to jump back into that game i did buy the season pass when they announced it last month i do want to do more final fantasy so it's it's one of those games that's still kind of hung in there um outside of that we spent a lot of time playing remnant which didn't come out this year so <laughs> shout out to remnant shadows of the ashes or whatever it was called <laughs> uh, dust of the ashes or something. dust of the ashes but remnant was cool and we did pick up Res- remnant 2 which did come out this year but we you know haven't had the chance to put in as much time as we would have liked yeah we've been neglecting it oh least. yeah so what well, we're that's on the, that's on the list that's on the list yeah absolutely absolutely and one of the other things we like to talk about on this show is comic books and uh i know we don't do it as often but we still are avid comic book readers and we have our our to read piles sitting right here and i'm always going to check in our boxes anything stand out that came out this year or just something you got into comic book wise this year yeah i mean i have to preface this part by saying my backlog is ridiculous. Mine too. I have so <laughs> I have so many things that I need to read. Video games need to quit getting in my way. Uh, and sports. Damn you, NFL! You're almost over though, so <laughs> I have some more time. Yeah, but um, it's been yeah, crazy a, this year. Yeah, there's a, as we're sitting here both watching know, the Steelers right Ravens as we're <laughs> as we're doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but some so a couple things stood out to me comic book wise this year. I'm like. I, I kind of was able to tell myself these were the important things to me because even as my list is big, I still found time to like read these. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kyle Starks, but he's a author who's who's written some stuff I like. And he had like three books come out this year that I liked all of them. Um, one called I Hate This Place. Another one, Where Monsters Lie. And then he's also, those are two image books. And then he's also doing one for DC, which is a Peacemaker book. It's like <laughs> uh, Peacemaker Tries Hard. And it's really good. Like, really? I did not expect, like, I didn't expect to like Peacemaker as a character on that show. And we love that show. And then, like, he also has this comic book that's great. I'm like, dude, this is good. Um, and then, like I said, his two other image books, um, Where Monsters Lie is about, like, uh, this cul-de-sac in this suburban neighborhood where everyone who lives in this cul-de-sac is like a serial killer and they're all kind of like trying to keep their secret and but mm. still kill people but stay off the like the police's radar <laughs> and then shit goes crazy yeah it's only like five or six issues but it's it's good and i hate this place is something not similar but like uh these two girls who are a couple like decide to move from the big city and move to this farm that like one of their grandfathers left them. But when they get there, all this weird shit starts happening at night. Like there's ghosts and demons and stuff outside, but they figure out as soon as they run into the house, these demons can't get them. So they're like, they can't get into the house and then all this crazy shit happens and they got to figure out what's going on. It's, it's a good book. Um, So those have been my three. I, I really liked saga this year. I know we talked about saga, but Happy Saga came back. That's another book I've been reading a lot. And Jeff Lemire has also li- written a lot of good stuff this year. Um, yeah, he had a and, lot come out this year. I yeah, couldn't even he, keep up with everything he had coming out this year. No, he he did like Phantom Road and Tenement, which was one of the Bone Orchard mythos books. And he has his own where he writes and draws like fireflies going on right now. So And they did, did I think this year, the 10,000 Black Feathers like yeah. four episode issues were this year. Um, yeah. So Jeff Lemire was all about Jeff Lemire. Tom King 
kind of just kept staying in DC realm. Um, I've, yeah. I've enjoyed the first few issues of his Wonder Woman that he's doing. I've enjoyed the first few issues of the Penguin he's doing. Um, those ones stand out from a Tom King standpoint of what, what he's did. Another one that I think came out this year, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong because the year is long when you try to look back at it. But I it was do a powerbomb this year or did it start last year? I think we talked about it last year because I think we? it ended at the end of 2022. Because okay. I was thinking that. Because if that was this year, I'd be like, oh, that's number one. Yeah. So I might have read it this year. Like, yeah. actually yeah. sat and read the whole thing this year. Um, but that's a solid, you know, Daniel Warren Johnson. You really can't go wrong with him across the board. One of his older ones, I think, is just getting dropped, reprinted in a trade. But I can't remember what it was called. I know it's not Murder Falcon. It was one that he did before that, I think. Can't he's remember what it's called now because I'm Wonder, terrible. He's got Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. He's got Extremity. Um, he did some other book with Donny Cates that he drew. He's doing Transformers right now, which I yeah. have all the issues and haven't started yet. I read the first one; it was really good, and then I've been collecting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of comics. The other one I know came out in twenty. I think it had to because they're on like issue sixteen that did come out last year. But I really got into it this year, and I probably talked about it last year as well. Which is um, what's the furthest place from here? Um, it, I read it. I kind of dug it, but then this year I kind of sat and started over with it and really got into it. And it's kind of like a. I know we talked about it with uh, a, a Mirakami movie. Mm-hmm. like after you went and saw the boy and his Aaron it's like I'm watching it I love it it's beautiful if you ask me what's a, what's about and what's going on I can't tell you um, but I've enjoyed I've, I really got into that one this year like it has a good vibe so yeah that's a good that's a good one I agree I'll agree with that um, so I definitely got into that one I mean I can name a bunch of comic books that I bought this year <laughs> right. um, but as you we'll, said we'll get past, to them we'll get to them the past like six months with for whatever reason football was crazy this year of being like here we're gonna give you a game Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and Monday and you only had like two days to do everything else we're the NFL we want to control your life from the months of whatever to January <laughs> and they kind of did from yeah August to February we're kind of screwed <laughs> so we'll yeah. we'll get back on track everyone we'll get back on track with everyone mm-hmm. Uh, but man, let's talk about some movies. Let's let's get into let's this. I'm dying to know your list because we've been like uh, teasing each other with this. <laughs> How many movies are we going to tell each other? What are we going to do? So I'm definitely interested in that. Um, before we get to our number five, are there any honorable mentions? Things that almost made your list that you still want to shout out? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure. I, of course, there's going to be some because when you start whittling down this list, like you were having trouble with figuring out what your number five movie is. I had those same issues. So there's going to be like, you want to pick the best five, but then you're looking at these couple little other ones sitting over here like, but that one really, I really liked it. It deserves to be in, but I can't put it in over this. Yep. I feel like I'm on the damn college football uh, championship committee trying to decide who deserves a spot and who doesn't. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, of course, I... I uh, have some. Let me pull up this list. Um, first one I'll, I'll say definitely deserves, I think, a little recognition, even though it didn't make my top five, was a movie we did talk about on here uh, a little bit. Uh, no One Will Save You, which mm. came out earlier this year. Um, only, And it was on Hulu for some reason and not theaters. We even had a conversation about, you know, Disney could have made some money by putting this thing in theaters. Um yeah, just a, a good kind of thriller 
alien movie mm-hmm. with with little only one line of dialogue in the entire thing. Oh yeah, we're gonna be giving some spoilers here. So like spoilers spoilers for these movies. If you hear us name something that you haven't seen, just fast forward a little bit or come and come back to it after <laughs> yeah. you after you've watched it. But um yeah, yeah I, I just I, I thought that movie was really well acted by Caitlin Dever. Um she was kind of the star Devers or Dever. Um our next Abby, maybe future Abby. Yeah, uh, she better be in the gym as she's listening to this. Uh, but she was just she was really good in that movie. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool original concept. When it's hard to find original concepts left, like we've all seen alien movies, but you have have you seen one where the person's by themselves and they don't have anyone to talk to, so there's no talking? Like that doesn't <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy if you think mm-hmm. about it. And I just think she acted really well and I liked the I just liked that movie. Um you made fun of it a little while ago. <laughs> but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. <laughs> I thought of um, that after I did it. What if it's on his list? What if it's his number one movie? <laughs> uh, I've been I, yeah, I, I got nothing. I was it's, using it as an example, but yeah, no, I, it's funny. I I think it deserves a spot in my honorable mentions. It's not my favorite movie of the year, but in a span of Marvel movies that have kind of been subpar, I think that one made me feel again like Marvel movies used to. Um, you know, when kind of Marvel was in its golden golden era in that infinity war endgame time like the feelings i had watching those kind of movies i kind of those kind of came back to me a little bit watching guardians yeah three i i can't imagine uh i I mean it's probably the best marvel trilogy at the end of the day if you really think about it um and just like a good superhero movie in in times where you and i have been struggling with them Uh, i think it was well written i like that it centered around rocket raccoon and he kind of got his time to shine outside of star lord you know it wasn't a star lord movie it was like a rocket movie but everybody kind of got their everybody kind of got their uh moment in it and it just ended well It, it wrapped really good i just really liked that movie yeah um what else do i got boy in the heron didn't make my top five but it was a like you kind of just described um, that comic book. Like I can't really tell you about it because I don't know. But I know when I was watching it, I was mm-hmm. like stuck to the screen. A lot yes. of it just has to do with the magic of Studio Ghibli's animation. Just everything is so visually beautiful and like yeah. sucks you in, and you're like, "How are they animating like this? How does this look like this? Like how does other stuff not look like this? I don't know how he's pulling this off. It just looks so good and like." I don't know. Um, and I'd love, I'd love to rewatch it again. I plan to, uh, it, when it becomes home viewing, so I can kind of like dial in and try to maybe retain more of what I watch. I just know I was loving it while I was watching it. So I got to include it in honorable mentions. Um, I don't know. That's, that's pretty much it. Besides that, I, I liked, uh, um, what, what's the movie I just watched and I didn't write it down. It's on Netflix with Julia Roberts. Oh, no one leave the world behind. Leave the world behind. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. I don't know if you saw that one. It was uh, every every single person that I know that watched it mm-hmm. hated it. Okay, so you telling me right now that you liked it is the first person that I've heard in real life say I dug it. I thought no, I thought it was good, man. I thought it was. Um, I liked the performances mostly. I mean, it had some parts where it was like kind of like eh little little 
little weird delivery and dialogue, but I mean, Mahershala Ali was good. Julia Roberts was good. Ethan Hawke was good. I like the concept of stuff like that with like the world ending, but they're, it, it's not zombies. It's not like a plague. It's basically just like a cyber attack on America is what's going to bring us down because that's more realistic than any of those other things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some so, stupid kid in the basement fucking around. Yeah. So that, that kind of had me entertained the entire time. I thought I thought it was good. It's definitely worth a watch. Not didn't make my top five, but I gotta mention it here. Uh I'll kind of leave it there. Yeah. I like um, it. I like it. What do you got going on for Let the Let me years? throw a couple at you. One which I I was very surprised didn't make my top five because the uh, on paper it should be one of my favorite movies. Oh, which was Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage, where everyone in the world has a dream about Nicolas Cage, even though he's not Nicolas Cage, but you know what I mean. His character, the whole world has a dream about him, and this it, movie just follows that journey of what does that look like from instant celebrity to toxicity to whatever else happens. Um, Nicolas Cage was awesome in that movie, like he normally is. Um, he really took you through a lot, but I wanted more from the movie, so I really couldn't. I was disappointed in it, but it's still worth watching. Like there's a lot of good in it, but I just wanted more from the story. Um, another one that I really, I rewatched cause I was like, this should be in my top five. But when I saw it in theaters earlier in the year, I hated it, but I hadn't stopped thinking about it all year. And that was infinity pool. And I kept thinking about this movie and I'm like, I gave it two stars on letterbox. Why am I still thinking about this movie that I'm, I left the theater saying, meh, but I keep thinking about it. So I rewatched it this week and I liked it a lot more knowing what it is, but I still want more from it. So I still just couldn't quite pull that trigger and make that there. Uh, May, December uh, over on Netflix with uh, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore was really good. It's kind of out of the realm of what I normally <laughs> watch um, being about a story where Natalie Portman is an actress visiting Julianne Moore and her husband, because she is going to play Julianne Moore in a made-for-TV movie about how her and her husband met, which was she was 36 and he was like 13. So it was kind of like crazy. But Charles Melton, who plays her husband in that movie, is amazing. Like, he he just did things in that movie that I was just like, all right, keep my ears open for when Oscars roll around because that dude needs to be nominated for something. Um, and he probably will. But I really enjoyed that movie a lot more. And... Any other given day that I could see it cracking my top five because watched it like two weeks ago and I'm still thinking about it, <laughs> um, which is always kind of a rare sign. Do you have something? Were you... No, I was just going to say when we watched the, I was going to watch that. I haven't gotten to it yet, but like when we watched the trailer for it, we were like, is this the Mary Kay Letourneau story? Like, remember that? Yeah. It's like, it's very, it's like... yeah, it's very inspired by, yeah. um, but the way that they did it and the vibe and the music, it just, it had a, it had a thing that kind of just kept me there and there's a little bit of dark comedy mixed in with a very heavy story, but it was told in a really, just a really good way. And like I said, you had Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, which are two outstanding actresses. And like I said, Charles Melton just kind of carried it along with them. And it was just a really, it was surprisingly for a Netflix movie, pretty, pretty damn good. Okay. Um, another one I stumbled upon on Amazon that I absolutely loved, but I just couldn't justify put on this list. Is there something wrong with the children? I just put it on on a whim. And by the end of that movie, I was like, I loved this movie. Like I laughed. It was, it's a horror movie, but it was just like, everything was done in ways that I really enjoyed. Um, so 
that's a cool horror one that I did like. And last one I'm going to talk about, I'm going to throw my couple, two cents in. And I tried really hard to keep it on my top five. I just couldn't do it at the end of the day. And I know everybody hated this movie. But what almost made my top five is Exorcist Believer. And I know everyone hated that movie. I loved that movie. Everything that they did, they did right for me. I I can't I, I need to talk to someone who hates it for what it is. Like I looked up why everyone hated it after I watched it and it was all nonsense. Like they were just mad that a character had an abortion. Like in the past, it wasn't even present. It was just like, oh, they have a message, they have an agenda, they're pro-life. And I'm like, what? That's why you guys all hated this movie. Like that was every review on Letterboxd was just talking about how they were preachy. And I'm like, I didn't get that at all. Like it was all mm -hmm. stupid stuff. And I thought that movie, I was here for everything that that movie did. The pace, everything was great. I really enjoyed that movie. I just couldn't justify it making my my top five. I tried. I wanted, to, I wanted to still talk about it because it ain't on anyone's list. <laughs> no, you might be the first. Yeah. And and and, that, and okay. that you know groundbreaking moment almost is what kept it on my top five, but I did come to my senses. Fair enough. You ready for our top five? This is the moment. This, this is, is the moment. Yeah. You want to go first everyone. with your top five? Uh, yeah, sure. Or your the number five. We're gonna number we're gonna, five. We're gonna yeah, back we're gonna and forth this. Count these down, best movies of the year. Now, granted, I'll also disclaimer this by saying I didn't see everything this year. Chris didn't see everything this year. We got a lot of stuff on our list that we still haven't gotten to. So these are just our personal lists. We're not like, you know, Siskel and Ebert over here who get paid to go see every movie. I would love that, but that's yeah. not our that's not our lives. And if you want that to be our lives, you know, <laughs> shoot us over some uh, some money, like subscribe to the show, hit us up yeah. on all our socials at Raise the Geek. You know, the normal spiel. Maybe one day. Maybe one day, but right now, nah. <laughs> yeah. So these are the our favorite movies in which we saw this year. And, yeah. you know, when Oscar season rolls around, maybe we'll have another discussion. For sure. Okay, that being said, um, my number five movie of 2023 is going to be um, Air. A-I-R. Uh, you can watch it over on Prime Video. It's available there. It's like a Prime original. Um yeah, man, I, I put off seeing this movie for a, a while, even though I'd heard good things and everyone who is aware of it, you know, it's like the story of um, the executives at Nike who invented the first Air Jordan shoe. Uh, it's a Ben Affleck directed film. Uh, I just really enjoyed this movie, man. I, I thought it was, I kind of knew the story behind it, but I didn't know all the little details and like mm -hmm. all the stuff that goes into it. And it's, it's starring people. Um, you it know, shouldn't be in that movie. <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah, Matt Damon's the lead. Uh, he's like the main guy who come, came up with the idea for the Jordan and worked for Nike at a time when Nike was number three or number four behind adidas and everyone in the nba was wearing converse and nike couldn't get anybody and they're like this fledging company that might go under and ben affleck plays the president of nike and uh jason bateman's in this movie which to me that he was like the standout um performance in this like love me some bateman but he he really a scene in there sometime where he was having like a heart to heart with Matt Damon was like great. It was like, this dude's a really good actor. Uh, but I just, I just like the movie, man. I like the story. I like the performances. I like the, 
Um, Viola Davis played Michael Jordan's mother, um, and she was really good in it. She's always good. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy that they had an actor playing Michael Jordan, but you never saw his face. Mm-hmm. Every time he was, every time he was in a scene, like his back was turned or he was at a board meeting and like the camera was behind him. So like this movie is about the Air Jordan, but it's not about Michael. You know what yeah. I mean? It's about the phenomenon of him and Mm -hmm. like so so him being front and center and being like a main character was kind of secondary it was more of a focus on um just the other people who who made the air jordan to the shoe that it now is like the number one selling shoe whatever and it's about like how important his mother was in playing the the role of michael getting a piece of the shoe sales which had never been done before Mm -hmm. but nike but nike was like so desperate to um get him that they were the first to agree to it and it kind of changed the way athletes are paid for their likeness Mm -hmm. and their name and their shoes or whatever so uh i don't know man it was just a uh, i think a fantastic movie i really enjoyed it and yeah that's gonna be my number five pick of the year i like it yeah that was that was a good movie Mm -hmm. i liked all the 80s and 90s nostalgia in there and they really made it feel like you were there at that time which was awesome yeah my number five. My number five is The Holdovers. feel like I'm going to watch that movie every Christmas. Um, something about it was just was really, really good. I really enjoyed, like I said, for those that don't know about what The Holdovers is, um, it's, it's streaming now on Peacock, I believe, um, which was where I watched it. But it's got Paul Giamatti as a grumpy uh, professor who kind of is just kind of like a Scrooge, I guess, um, for lack of a better word. And he is tasked with basically watching over all the kids that don't go home for the holidays. So it's a very Christmas takes place from those two weeks between Christmas, you know, Christmas and new year's. Um, so it's a very holiday movie, a very Christmas movie. And it was, you know, the students, Paul Giamatti, and then Mary, one of the, the chef who stays behind, and just kind of learning their story and how they're similar and how they're different. And it just was really kind of heartwarming without being stereotypical or hitting all those like Christmas Carol tropes. Like it has nothing to do with like the Christmas Carol, but you know, that type of you grumpy man around Christmas sees the light and that's not really what it was about, you know, and it was very heartwarming and it just, I felt really good when it ended. And as I said, a couple of times with some of these other ones, I just, keep thinking about it and i'm like i want to watch it again so that made my number five i really dug it and i couldn't justify the holdovers not making my list but exorcist believer making it <laughs> i just couldn't do it i i thought about it real heavy and i was like i just can't do it word understandable what you got for number four number four on my list um might be a movie you guys are familiar with it's called the holdovers uh right a feeling that was gonna happen yeah we knew it had to cross over at some point um yeah all the things you said i agree it was just i just watched it a few days ago too but i mean great movie man you can't deny it paul giamani is a treasure everything he everything he's in like the dude just brings it as an actor um but it always seems like he has a role like this like the last one and and i just looked it up and it was 20 years ago but like sideways Mm-hmm. He came out with same, sideways. Same director. Same director. Oh, is it the same director? 
Alexander Payne, yeah. Okay, that's why Peacock wanted me to watch Sideways afterwards. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it just seems like Paul Giamatti likes to just kind of fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. And then he pops up in a movie that just everyone needs to see. And all of a sudden he's like a treasure again. But then he's been doing stuff, but I haven't seen it. I think she might be an angel. He's a, <laughs> he's, a he's on that show like Billions or one of those shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, he, the guy the guy you, you forget how good of an actor he is until he until he does something like this. Uh, the kid was good, like the, mm-hmm. the teenager he was with. Even though I think that was they said like introducing, so that might be his first acting job, which was pretty amazing for the, for being that. Um, and then, like you said, the chef, who's the the third other, you know, main character, she was really good, too. I think she's probably going to get brought up in, like, supporting actress talk along yeah. with Paul Giamatti. Um, and she should. I always like her. Uh, yeah, Divine Joy Ro- Rudolph. I always enjoy her in everything that I've, she yeah. pops up in. So it was nice to see her on this level. Yeah, but just kind of like echoing what you said, just a feel-good movie. You don't get a lot of those anymore. Right? Just something you can sit down and you know feel good about watching, and it makes you feel warm inside. You're not worried about something too crazy happening. Like something's gonna happen where they have to get through their troubles, but it's not like somebody's dying or something's whatever. It's just like ah, I can sit here for two hours and just enjoy myself, and it feels good, and it's Christmassy, and um, I'm laughing a little bit, but also like paying attention to the drama of it. It was just a but made me feel good. So um, I definitely wanted to include it on this list. That's why I have it at number four, the holdovers. I hear that. I hear that. What about my you? Number, What's number four? Number four. My number four is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I've seen that movie a couple times this year. It came out earlier in March. I love this movie. Um, it is so... Good. For those that don't know, this is the Guy Ritchie movie, which I usually do dig Guy Ritchie movies, but it's definitely not his normal vibe. Normally, he kind of does those London gangsters, fast cuts, you know, and does this where this is kind of just like a war movie. Um, but it's Jake Gyllenhaal. It takes place at a, during the Afghanistan war, and he is a sergeant running his platoon, and it ends up where him and, and his translator get stranded and are trying to just survive the Taliban. And that's really it. Um, There's other things to it, but it's best to not know like exactly where it goes. And it just, just tells a great story of just what people will do for each other, even if they don't know each other to survive. It's just a survival story, war story. It's just, I've seen, like I said, I've seen it a couple of times, Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, he's usually kind of under, not underrepresented, but he just usually doesn't always get the love. Like he'll make some stuff and people will be like, Oh, it was so great, but nobody watches it. (laughs) And then every once in a while he pops out with something and you're just like, man, Jake Gyllenhaal. And this was one where it just, he was outstanding in this movie. And I just, I've like said, I always want to watch, just keep watching it over and over again. It's just a great story of human survival. And it's done in a way that guy Ritchie does. And, it was just different and it stuck with me all year that I was making this list. I was like, it's on here somewhere. It's moved up and down the list as to where it actually sits as I watch more movies, but it I needed to make it on there. It was, it was an outstanding movie. Very good. Very good. On uh, number, number three, three. All right. Three left here each. Um, my number three movie of 2023 is going to, be 
and I have the list. I just have to remember the order I put them in. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, I got it. Uh, number three for me is Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Um, I mean, we all we all know what this one is. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. I can't deny it. Um, just watched it recently too. Um, story of Oppenheimer. <laughs> right there in the title the man who invented the atomic bomb and um has a long history and i don't think anybody really knew the full story or even thought about it until this movie um the performances are are great the cast is huge you all know it like killian murphy and and robert downey jr and matt damon again popping up what a good year for him and emily blunt and florence Pugh. but like at the at the heart of this i think is just christopher nolan um his movies are just so good, man. Just like, I don't know what that, how that dude makes stuff like this. He's just, <laughs> I, there were, there were a couple point, there were a couple moments in that, in this movie where I'm sitting there watching it and just like, is he a genius? Like, is he a genius just with filmmaking the way things are shot and like how things come in and, um, and he writes, wrote and directed this. I think he does that most of, or maybe not all of them, but a few of them, like he's written and directed, right? I think he's had a hand, them, yeah. hand in the writing and directing. So he like, this is his baby and his vision. Just like his movies are just so good. And this one is no um, exception. I think Killian Murphy had a standout performance. I would be shocked if he doesn't win something uh, for this. He's just like kills it with his emotion and uh, facial expressions and reaction to things. And just, I don't know, man, I, I it's long, but I that's that's one of the things me you and he t- me talk about I was like why are movies so long but this was one where I was like I'm okay with it because I'm 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 good I'm just enjoying myself and feeling educated at the same time and there's a lot of big words but I'm following along and I just feel like it was a, a masterwork film so um yeah I got I definitely had to have Oppenheimer here it was just a matter of where but for me it's number three on this list and I'm I'm good with that so there we go. What about you? My number three was a film called Polite Society. With uh, it's over on Amazon. It's actually an, I believe it's an Indian film. It definitely takes place with an Indian family. Um, it's in English, so if you're worried about that, this movie was awesome. And I went in knowing nothing except for people talked about it. I think I saw it on like Obama's favorite movies of 2023, and I was like, what is that? Um, I always saw the cover, but never really knew what it was or didn't think about it. And I just, I think last Saturday was like, it's on Amazon. I'm just going to put this thing on. And I loved everything about this movie. Once again, I knew nothing. If you watch the trailer for this movie, it ruins everything. Like they tell you everything and going in, knowing very little. The only thing I knew about this movie was that it was about a girl who wants to be a stunt woman who tries to stop the wet, uh, the arranged wedding marriage of her older sister. So she gets her friends together and they bust a heist to free her sister from the bonds of marriage. That's all I knew about it. I was kind of expecting like a feel-good sister growing, coming-of-age tale, and it was going to be, you know, good and wholesome. It was so not what I expected it to be. It was like a Scott Pilgrim martial arts Indian Bollywood like it was just a spectacle that I enjoyed so damn much and there were moments in which this was much higher than number three for me like I really think this is one of the movies that I watched this year that I could watch like 
over and over again. <laughs> um, it just really checked off all of my boxes for what I want in a, in a movie. And it was just so well done, acted, written, performed, edited, filmed. Like it was just a great outstanding movie. Nice. Don't watch the trailers if that sounds like anything. Don't watch the trailer. The trailer gives it all away. And Chris I watched just watch it. Yeah. I watched the trailer afterwards and was like, oh my God, they just yeah. completely just give you everything. And it was a lot more fun to watch it not knowing where it was gonna go. You're a proponent of not watching trailers anyway. So if I can that's, help it. That's especially true here, huh? Definitely, definitely true here with it being especially sometimes with the movies that aren't as known mm -hmm. then they really want to like show you everything that it has to offer to get you to watch it but sometimes you know the story you you ruin it mm -hmm. and when you watch it without knowing anything and then see how the story unfolds where you're actually questioning what's happening what's real what's what's happening what's you know it just makes for such a better experience obviously it's the experience that the filmmaker wants you to have but the marketing yeah. departments just ruin it. And I think that was definitely one. I watched the trailer afterwards going and a couple of people I told to watch that movie. I said, don't watch the trailer. Just trust me and watch the movie. <laughs> um, sure. And I got back a couple feedback saying that they, they, they loved it. So it's definitely, it's definitely one worth, I think, checking out. If you like kind of actiony Scott Pilgrim, if you like Scott Pilgrim versus the world, watch sure. polite society. <laughs> Still trying to make my way through the Scott Pilgrim animated TV show that's going on. But like we said earlier, it's hard to get through TV. Yeah. I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool, man. Number uh, two. On to number two. Best film of 2023. Number two, the second best film of 2023 to me, my favorite, in my favorites, um, is a movie we've already talked about on this show, but it was probably my best time at the theaters I had this year. Uh, and that would be Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah, I mean, what we 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 heaped this movie in praise already, but I mean, I just thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, similar to video games, I put Spider-Man in there, so Spider-Man's in my films. But this is a Miles Morales story who has grown to be, you know, almost as important as Peter Parker to me. Uh, the first the first Spider-Verse movie, like Into the Spider-Verse, I really enjoyed too, and I'm sure it was on my list last year. Um, and I know yeah, we just, put, both put it at number one on our Spider-Man ranking. Yeah, so like these these animated Spider-Man movies are better than live action, like the live action ones to us. Who would have ever thought that? But just everything about this movie is just, you know, fun and visually visually stimulating and and makes you care about miles and and gwen stacy and um you know the the villains in this one like spider-man 2099 and they made me care about the spot like jason Schwartzman voicing the, like i didn't know him or care about him but like this movie made me care about him just like i don't know the action the action is what you would expect visually it's just a just a great time and i i couldn't i couldn't leave it off like it's didn't make my number one but it was it was close i was thinking about it um i think when all is said and done and we finally get the third movie of this trilogy it's probably going to be like one of my favorite superhero property trilogies ever made it's gonna it's gonna be better than any live action superhero thing i think i've seen after this is all said and done and the story is told it's just that good 
Um, I mean, everyone listening out there, I'm sure you've seen it and know it, and hopefully you agree. And if you haven't seen it yet, what's wrong with you? Go watch it. Uh, just a fantastic movie, man. Love Spider-Man. Love love this movie. I hear that? I yeah. hear that? That movie is forever cursed for me, though. I know. It's when, when I... it's when you got your taillights <laughs> stolen. Yeah, right? when they stole my taillights while I was at the movies. Yeah. Stupid Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I can definitely mirror what you said. It is an outstanding movie. But it's not my number two. What do you got? My number two should come as no surprise. Godzilla minus one. Another movie we've talked about here. We did talk about this here. We did give check our it thoughts. Uh, definitely check it back out. Um, I saw this movie three times in theaters, uh, which is insane. The third time I was kind of voluntold to by my sister, but um, I still didn't regret going to see it again. So um, I just talked about it at length in, uh, during our review of it, but it just was what I wanted in a Godzilla movie. I felt that the human story I cared about, Godzilla stuff was done in a way that just haven't seen in a long time. Um, some of those scenes are just becoming iconic in my brain. Um, just everything about that movie clicked and worked for me. And I just kind of want more of that. And I've watched a ton of Godzilla movies since I went and saw that. Uh, Turner Classic Movies was playing all the old ones on New Year's Day. And I was wa- sitting there watching them while I was doing stuff. Um, it just really was just an outstanding movie. Um, like again, all my thoughts are in that episode. So if you're definitely interested in that, go back and check that out. Uh, but I loved Godzilla Minus One, man. It was It was a movie for me. Being a huge Godzilla fan, it it checked, it delivered. I thought this was going to be on your list, so I was just waiting to see where it was going to be, number one or number mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. You're a Godzilla man. I am a Godzilla man, and seeing it three times in theaters, I mean, and it being like a day one purchase on physical media when it comes out, it's it's just a no brainer um, yeah. to be in my top five. Like that's I enjoyed it. It that one once again where it fell might have moved around a little bit, but. It's going to be on there. Yeah. Yeah. There what's you go. Num- what's your number one, buddy? Oh, my God. We made it to number one. We made it to number one. And I, I'm like sitting here thinking about the movies. And I'm just like, what the hell's his number one? <laughs> um. Okay. You want to just do it? Just do it, man. All right. <laughs> Rip off the bandaid. Uh, number one movie of the year to me, 2023, is... Rebel Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. Uh, no, number one movie of the year to me uh, is Barbie. Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Um, yeah, man. And and part of it, part of it is I can't even really tell you why. I just know watching it that I just thought it was great filmmaking. Um, I loved the way it looked. I loved the performances. I thought. Um, Ryan Gosling like killed it as Ken like he was hilarious and amazing uh Margot Robbie just like pitch perfect as Barbie I mean who else is Barbie <laughs> right. um I know a lot of people like there's there's people out there who didn't like this movie I think those people are idiots who didn't who didn't like I mean well I mean it depends on why you didn't like it if you didn't like it for the reasons where a lot of people didn't like it because it's like a man hating whatever then you need to like go out and touch grass because that that's not a, a movie can be empowering for another um 
person that's not somebody you identify with and still be have a good message and you can just watch and listen you know what i mean yeah. you can observe and it doesn't have to be something that is whatever so i don't, i just wanted to get that out of the way but um and also at the same time it's like people want to call it feminist or whatever it is it did have a lot of feminist messages but also if you if you go outside of your comfort zone and think about it and like think about I don't know if you even saw Barbie, but like, so I'll, I'll tr try not to be too spoiler if you didn't, but, um, no, I bought, I watched it last night. Okay. The way that Barbie's treated Ken's and people didn't like that. It's like, okay, but that's also the way that men kind of treat women in this mm -hmm. real world. So it's like, you know, just kind of look in the mirror a little bit and just enjoy this for what it is. I don't know, but the performances I loved, um, Simu Lu was great. Uh, Michael Cera was hilarious um who who was the act i can't think of kate mckinnon every scene she was in she was funny uh but i just i don't know i was entertained by that movie more from beginning to end than any other movie this year and i didn't think i would be it kind of surprised me how good i think that movie was um so yeah that was my favorite movie of the year barbie who would have thought i was about to say is <laughs> i mean would 12 year old don be like when I'm 40, <laughs> I got to like Transformers and G.I. Joe. Right? Yeah. But like, come on, man. This is this is a movie about a toy, a, uh, a little girl's toy that is just like different. And like when you when they announced a Barbie movie, I didn't think it was going to be that complex and that much of a message and um, just that interesting. Just it, I just was very interested in the routes they took and the choices they made. And I just thought it was really good movie so yeah definitely made me want to watch more ryan gosling stuff because i know there's a bunch of things he's done throughout the years that i haven't seen like i've never seen blade runner i uh, the the newer one i know he's supposed to be really good in that and every like he's made a bunch of stuff like dude this guy is fucking good at his job yeah. um so yeah dude i watched and i know i've probably said it before i watched la la land and i needed to watch everything that he did him and Emma Stone, like that movie made me fans of both of them. And mm -hmm. now it's just like Emma Stone's in a movie. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in love with Emma Stone. I want to watch everything she does. I'm in love with Ryan Gosling. I want to watch everything he does. And it doesn't really matter. And yeah, he, he's in a movie that's like enough for me. Um, I mm -hmm. always dug some of his older stuff. I mean, Drive was always a, a cool one. I did go see Blade Runner um, and, and really enjoyed that. But it's just like I really have enjoyed everything he did. But yeah, La La Land kind of opened that door for me. And I watched him in that movie. And I was like, holy shit, who is this dude? <laughs> mm -hmm. Stuff he does. Yeah. And he he was outstanding as Ken. Like he, as, as they talk about Margot Robbie being like Barbie, he pretty much was Ken. Even though he, you could probably say he was a little, a little too old or whatnot, he still just nailed that role. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was perfect casting, 100%. I can, yeah, the casting for that movie, you can't say shit about. No, nope. yep, so, yeah, there. that's me. What about you? Number one, what do you got? <laughs> Suspense. <laughs> I was debating if I wanted to uh, do some joke like you just did with yours, but um, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go for it. Uh, my number one, which is, which is one that, that was on your list, but it is uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was a tour de force movie that I don't think there was anything like it this year. <laughs> like that movie was just insane. It didn't feel like three hours. As you said, it just flew by. I've been trying to watch killers for the flower moon for like last week and I still can't get through it. Um, 
because I keep falling asleep and that one feels like three and a half hours and I want to finish it and I'm I'm not shitting on that movie in any way, but definitely coming back around this three hours just flew by and everything about that movie, like you said, Killian Murphy doesn't win awards. That's ridiculous. He was outstanding in that movie. Like there was nothing you didn't feel that he was conveying. You felt every emotion that that dude went through. Um, and it, there was so much more to it than I expected there to be. Like there was so much more of the story going into him and like the things he was going through and all the levels in which he actually was and the politics of the area era and just so much going on in that movie. I need to watch it again just to like keep track of all the characters and where they were going. But I didn't, even if I didn't really know, it was very, like you said, Christopher Nolan, where the, sometimes there were some quick cuts and they were just jumping from moment to moment. And you just had to be like, I'm along for this ride. And nobody makes movies like that. Nobody makes movies like Christopher Nolan, where you just are like, you sit down and you just go along and you might have to watch it a couple times to really grasp it. This one didn't have like big wild ideas like Tenant, where you I've seen that one like three times. I still don't know what that movie's about. Um, this one you obviously can follow a little bit more, but there was still so much to it and so many characters and so many levels. And it just, I was glued to the screen the whole time and couldn't stop um, watching it and couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was just an outstanding movie that took me way too long to, uh, to watch way too long mm. to watch. And I knew it was a crime that I did. took me as long as it did to watch it. But once I did, I was like, there's no doubt in my mind that this was, it might be some recency bias on it, but you know, might be numbers might shift around if you ask me tomorrow. But today, this is where it fell is just being an outstanding, outstanding movie. And I don't think there's anything like it. It was just something for a biopic. It was definitely something different, man. And even when you know how it's going, he still sucked you into the moment. And that's hard to do. So Oppenheimer, yeah. Oppenheimer, my number one, man. It passed up Godzilla, yeah. you know. You needed you needed the Oppenheimer to create Godzilla. So, you know, you have to... <laughs> Chris is obsessed with atomic bombs, ladies and Apparently. gentlemen. Apparently. 2023 was the year of atomic bombs for Chris in his top five movies. Very good. Uh yeah, but yeah, good that list. was where good I went. List. That was where I went. Um okay. so what are your top favorite movies? What did we miss? What did we get wrong? What did we get right? Share them with us over on social media at Raise the Geek. We're on all the platforms. Let us know what you thought about 2023 and some of your favorite pieces of content whether it be movies comics games tv whatever you want to share with us let us know uh we'd love to hear from it or you can shoot us an email over at raise the geek at gmail.com yes all those places all those places we're looking for those reviews hit us up with all those things don do you have any final thoughts about 2023 content no, just... anything that you're super excited about what's your most excited movie coming in out in 2024 that's already at the top of your mind that you're just waiting for it i'd have to think about that one caught me off guard there i, I don't know, know. dune <laughs> 2 oh yeah dune 2 <laughs> is coming we're gonna have to see dune 2 um but oh, yeah, yeah these these lists we crossed over on oppenheimer and holdovers that's that's two that i guess if you guys haven't seen them we both love those yeah uh, but we named some good ones I, I can't believe neither one of us named the flash are you kidding me um it's a joke yeah <laughs> I, joke. I thought about that was the movie i had in my mind that you did a rebel moon at my number one movie the flash <laughs> uh yeah but man good good lists i liked it can you believe mm -hmm. that we made it through 2023 
And speaking of the Flash, neither one of us, there's a new Michael Keaton Batman movie out in the world that we could watch right now, and neither one of us have watched it. It's the Ezra Miller effect, man. I know. <laughs> That'd be He's... another thing. 12-year-old Don, if you'd be yeah. like, hey, Michael Keaton was Batman again when I was 40. <laughs> like, I'm going to go see that opening him. day. Yeah. Yeah. He, no. he appeared. He appeared in another movie called Batgirl that just got shelled by the studio and will never be seen by the light of day. So it's insane, insane. Twenty twenty three was wild, man. We <laughs> yeah. saw the death of the DC EU. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Who knows? Well, here's to twenty twenty four and more movies and more things and um, good more year things for, to consume. Good year for nerd entertainment. Yeah, they keep getting better and better, so I'm definitely pumped to see what we're talking about this time next year mm-hmm. and what were some of our favorite things. I'm sure Doom 2 will be... If that would have came out in October, my whole list might have looked different. Writer strike, man. It happens. Writers and actors <laughs> needed to get paid, so they got paid, so make it work. But once again, closing up 2023... I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is all we speak.